you're listening to Reba Radio, the podcast. From 18th to the 26th of November 2021, our annual inclusion festival took the form of a dedicated radio station broadcast live from the bookshop at the Reba's HQ in London, with me, Marsha Ramroop, the Director of Inclusion at the RIBA, hosting the discussions. Reba Radio, the podcast, is the speech-only content from that radio station, themed and edited for your easy consumption. We suggest you make your way systematically through all episodes from the intro to the end to help you effectively on your inclusion journey. We hope you enjoy it and find it useful and applicable. You are listening to Reba Radio, real, inclusive, brilliant action. Uh, talking the menopause now with Sally Leach of Henpicked. Uh, it's important that organisations and managers know how to provide support for employees who are on their journey through the menopause. You know, raising awareness on this topic and reducing stigma attached to it really is vital so that open discussions can take place and inform the development of effective guidance and resources. According to the CIPD, women over 50, uh, i.e. the majority of individuals who experience the menopause, are the fastest growing demographic within the UK's workforce. 59% of working women aged between 45 to 55 say the menopause has had a negative impact on them at work, impacting both attendance and performance. It's clear this isn't just an individual issue, it's an organisational one. And it's also clear that this age group is off-ramping from the architecture profession. So we need to ask if the menopause is a fact there. As the average age of women uh, RIBA charted architects is 44. So it's been really important that we develop our guidance um, here at the RIBA, which we have done. And we started by doing that by listening and learning from individuals. But Sally, let's go back to some basics and ask, uh, you know, what is the menopause? Okay, and a really, really great place to start. And thank you very much for having me here today. Um, menopause itself is actually clinically, it's a one day event. So once a woman has a period for 12 months, she's said to have reached menopause. But anyone that's going through this, anyone that's supporting anyone through this, we know that doesn't tell the whole story. So there's a period of time in the run-up to menopause called perimenopause, which is around the time of menopause. And this is where hormones start to fluctuate and change and symptoms could be experienced. As, as Marsh was saying that the average age of reaching that menopause date is 51. But perimenopause often is said to last around five to seven years as an average. And so it's very, very normal for somebody to be experiencing menopause symptoms in their 40s. And even this can be impacting people much earlier, as some do go through um, a much earlier menopause as a premature menopause before the age of 40. And then once somebody's reached menopause the following day, they're considered to be postmenopausal. But it's fine when we talk about menopause to use that umbrella term, but the recognition of the phases somebody could be going through. And, uh, you know, I was speaking a little bit earlier about this horrendous thing that so you know, I've been really open. It's been all over the architectural press uh, that I'm menopausal, perimenopausal, uh, had various symptoms for about, oh, at least six years now um, from incredible lightheadedness, like dizziness, you know, debilitating where, you know, I'd have to lie down basically for a day um, to this incident that happened to me on the train where I thought I was having a heart attack. Um, 
but there is no one list of symptoms. I mean, we talk about hot flushes. Everyone knows about hot flushes and, um, you know, brain fog. But this just an endless list, isn't there? Yes, and we often get asked, well, how many symptoms are there? And there are lots of people quoting specific numbers, but it's all about how does it impact on an individual and the recognition and appreciation we need to have that this can be a very, very different journey. One in four actually go through menopause without experiencing any symptoms at all. Now, they're incredibly fortunate, but it means we should never be assuming just because we think someone's a menopausal age, they are experiencing symptoms, they do need help and support. But it means three in four do experience symptoms and one in four serious symptoms. And as you say, there are so many different ways this can be affecting both physically. So the most commonly spoken about, and again, another assumption is that menopause will be all about hot flushes. And for some, it can be a really debilitating part of the menopause journey, but not for everybody. And then those psychological symptoms, the anxiety, the loss of confidence, those we see really having a big impact in particular at work. And in particular, if you think around that average age where menopause is coming, this is often quite a critical point in in somebody's career, um, often in senior roles and, and a huge wealth of experience. And then at a time when you're then, as you say, hit by those really challenging symptoms like that brain fog or needing to go and lie down um, in a dark room that actually that can be really hard to deal when you're in those those um, 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 in senior roles and, and trying to manage the, your way through work while you're experiencing those symptoms. So it's really important we never assume that anyone is going to be experienced in one way. And the other challenge that can be is because the symptoms can be very varied, and also, as you say, things like heart palpitations, how do we know that's menopause? How do we know it's not something else? that actually many people arrive at this time just not realizing that menopause is actually what's going on. Um, There is an assumption that we have um, an education around menopause and that of course we're going to know about menopause because we're a woman that's going to go through it. But actually the education and knowledge around menopause can be relatively limited. And often people really understand and discover what menopause really is when they're right in the midst of trying to deal with exactly those kind of symptoms. So everything we can do to provide that education support so people know what's going on can make a big difference. In your experience and your, your work with Henpicked, how much do uh, organisations currently pay enough attention to their menopausal um, staff members? I think we've seen a real progress um, in this journey and this conversation in workplaces, certainly over the last few months. Um, if you look back around five years ago, it was hard to find any organisations that had really recognised this, that were t- willing to talk about it. And whereas you look now, it's starting to become more rare for organisations, at least not to have this on the agenda, to to start recognising. And as we talked about, this is the fastest growing workforce demographic um, and such an important part of our workplace. And one of the most shocking statistics when we look at the impact of menopause at work and some of the research that's been done is that one in four women actually consider leaving work because of their symptoms. And sometimes it's it's a bit of a hidden reason. And and that understanding is, is this actually a reason why we are losing that valuable resource from our organisation? So um, everything is, say, we can do to make this a a conversation that's okay to talk about. And we're finding, say, more and more organisations, rather than just looking at, okay, we're going to run an awareness session about menopause, is how do we truly embed this, that this is something that we are comfortable talking about. People feel they have permission that it's okay to to kind of show up at work as their real selves and share exactly those kind of stories that you've shared there of how this is impacting. Because when we have that honesty and those sharing of stories and experiences, 
it, it helps that um, that collective environment to be able to say it's okay to share this, it's okay to talk about it, and it's okay to reach out for help when it's needed. And an architecture really can't afford to lose women um, to this because there's so few women in the profession as it is. Um, this this uh, openness, if you like, the the, the uh, element of, of taboo around uh, talking about it. Yes, Davina did a, a Channel 4 programme and, you know, we're starting to open up the conversation. But for some, even those, you know, even women, they don't want to talk about it. So how do we how do we get over that? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really important that we provide um, a way for people to access information and talking about this in a way that feels comfortable and safe for them. We can't expect everyone to want to um talk about this in the same way some people can feel very open and wanting to share their stories other it, others it feels very private but also it's many of the associations we have for menopause if we look back historically menopause came at quite a different time in life and in particular a very different time in working life so if we go back around 100 years ago the average age of menopause was 57 the average life expectancy for a woman was 59 so menopause was very much associated with old age towards the end of life and many of those associations have carried forward today even though we've as we've talked about that average age is 51 um, average um, age of um, life expectancy is 83 and we have a one in six one in seven chance of living to be 100 so menopause now is very much coming at that halfway point but many of our associations of menopause are hot tired angry and old and when that's our perceptions of menopause it can feel really uncomfortable putting your hand up at work and saying actually do you know what that's me so one of the things that we like to really try and challenge within organisations is actually how we talk about menopause. If you looked around your organisations, if you looked around the people you work with who are potentially women going through menopause, I'm sure it's a very different set of words you would use to describe them as capable, wise, experienced, knowledgeable. And that's where we want to try and help to change the culture within an organisation of how we talk about and how we view those going through menopause. So for those where this may feel quite uncomfortable, it starts to feel that actually it is acceptable to put your hand up and say, actually, do you know what? That's me. But again, as you say, making sure this is done in a way that feels comfortable and safe for the individual. So it's the right way for that person to be able to share their experience if they want to. So what does that look like, you know, making that space safe for women? What would you advise? I think that there's a mixture of things that we can do. I think um, initially ensuring that it's clear how um, you support people going through menopause. And I think having that, that clarity, knowing that the organisation you work for um, has that, that um, vision as to what, or strategy as to what is, is going to be in place and the way that menopause could be supported. Education is a massive piece. So making sure managers in particular are educated and have that understanding around um, how somebody could be experiencing this work and the, the way that somebody might need help and support but also educating managers and getting them to think about the skills that they use in opening up conversations about lots of other different things in the way that they might support people through other things they're going through, whether it's mental health issues or other medical conditions people are experiencing. You know, these can be sensitive topics and we shouldn't be um, prescribing how someone experiences this. We shouldn't be saying to somebody and diagnosing, oh, is it menopause? Are, do you think you're menopausal? We know that's not a good way of opening this conversation. So asking those supportive, open questions, how someone is, that real check-in, and, and the check-in twice of when we ask someone how you are, it's so easy to respond, well, I'm fine, but actually a real check-in. 
noticing the things that you see in people that are maybe different to you've seen before. So reflecting back um, how you might see menopause um, showing itself at work and actually then asking those important questions. What can we do to help? How can we help? And I think then also thinking about the different ways that you could potentially reach different people. So a lot of organisations provide support groups. So allowing people to be able to share their experiences with other people that are also going through this in the same kind of work environment. So that feeling of not feeling on their own, but also understanding some of the barriers. So we've done work in organisations where there have been particular barriers to accessing this um, material. And it's understanding, well, what are those barriers working with um, network groups within organisations to, to, to try and clarify, well, we know this particular um, group within our organisation isn't accessing or, or um, getting involved in this conversation. Why not? We've seen things around language barriers. We've seen, seen things around cultural barriers and, and trying to understand those so we can then start to think about well, how should we be doing this in a way that feels supportive to everybody? Sally, tell me a bit about um, Henpicked and uh, what sort of support do you provide? Yeah, so um, our goal is very much to support organisations in how to open this conversation in, in a way that feels right for the organisation. It's not a one size fits all. So we work very much in partnership with organisations looking both from a um, strategic point of view. So what, what is the overall um, goal and, and drive behind um opening this conversation, understanding the context and the culture of that organisation. And then we look at what strategies would be best put in place. Most of what we do in organisations is led by education. So around training, both for general awareness to open the conversation, but training and support for managers, um, because managers play such an important role in this. Often the first person somebody may go to if they're needing help and support may be their manager. And a lot of the time we find with managers, there is a, a bit of a fear around these conversations, worry that people might say the wrong thing or approach it in the wrong way. So it's all about building that confidence and skill set because managers don't need to be menopause experts. That's not the role of the manager. It's about having some core knowledge and understanding and appreciation and then being able to use those um, great management skills and coaching skills to be able to support someone and ask what can be done to help and being open minded and flexible to the kinds of things that could make a big difference for somebody. We also in some organisations look at how we then create sustainability. So we work with organisations where we may train a group of advocates or trainers to be able to keep this conversation going, because one of the things we're finding very much as this conversation is opening further within workplaces is, is how is this fully embedded? So how is this integrated into other training, into other policies? So this becomes just a normal thing to support in the same way as we support about so many other things. And there's work to be done on that. But that's definitely the way we're seeing many organisations. It's looking at more longer term. Um, how do we keep this conversation going to ensure we are retaining and attracting that really important part of our workforce? Now, how important is leadership uh, when, you know, taking responsibility for how an organisation moves forward for menopause? Because especially in architecture and the built environment, it's a very male dominated uh, leadership uh, demographic. So what do we need from them? Well, we definitely find the most powerful sessions that we run will often be opened by a senior leader from within an organisation. And that could be either a male or a female senior leader. 
And we just find having different voices on this journey. So this isn't just about somebody going through menopause. Menopause can actually have an impact on everybody. It could have an impact on somebody going through it directly. It can have an impact on relationships, families, colleagues, friends. So this is a conversation for everyone. So having that male voice can really, really help. But having that senior leader voice, um, whatever gender, really helps to give the permission of the organization that this is something that's a priority. So we definitely think that engagement of senior leaders and helping them to understand the huge benefits that this has um, in terms of the, the looking at the demographics and how we retain and attract, looking at the really clear business case of ensuring that this is a priority in organizations, that social responsibility that we have to um, think about how we're looking after people and, and allowing people to be their best selves at work. And then we also have some legal responsibilities. So ensuring those senior managers have that understanding. Um, we remember one session that we um, ran, it was a face-to-face -face live session pre-COVID. And one of the senior female leaders was talking, it was actually not a session just specifically on menopause. And she just kind of started a session, kind of talking through her symptoms. Well, today I'm ridiculously hot, my makeup's running down my face and I'm exhausted because I've not slept. Um, that's the menopause for me at the moment. And she said it was like an organizational sigh of relief that actually, wow, we're talking about this. Thank goodness. Um, and so that's what we often find by having that senior um, leader voice can really, as say, help to open and pave the way that this is an OK conversation to be having. And it's OK to have a laugh as well, isn't it? Because actually, sometimes we have to. <laughs> There's a fantastic um, YouTube video that talks about the loss of nouns as being one of the menopause symptoms. And this American comedian talks about it. And she said, I've got adjectives coming out my ears. But she said, there's a chair over there. She can tell you what size it is, what shape it is, what you do with it. But can I remember the word for a chair? Not a chance. So, yeah, we do. Absolutely. We need to be careful in the workplace that it doesn't become the kind of butter jokes, that it's not considered acceptable, that um, we can, um, you know, use kind of humour inappropriately. But absolutely, there are times, especially for those going through it, where we just have to laugh at what our body is throwing at us. Um, when we look at what good looks like for you, how would you describe that in terms of uh, an organisation taking menopause seriously? Well, we've had the first few organisations in the UK that have been accredited as menopause friendly through an independent panel. And, and that looks at um, kind of six key areas. So it looks at culture. It looks at um, training. It looks at policies and guidance and how it's really kind of implemented within um, organisations. It looks at communication and engagement, because one of the key things is. It can be great to have a, a wonderful policy and guidance document. It can be great to have lots of great internet content and information. But is that really reaching everybody? Um, we had a great story of um, some, we did a, a public session that was for anyone that was going through menopause to kind of share their experiences. And someone talked about they wish their organisation did some things about menopause. And we found out what organization they work for. And we actually knew this particular organization did loads about menopause, but obviously it hadn't reached this individual. And when we highlighted it to them, they were amazed. So although we can feel as an organization, we may be doing lots, but is that reaching people? So that's a really key, um, key critical part. 
Another area that organisations tend to look at that are doing really well in this space is, is facilities. So whether that's to do with the space people are in, to do with um, the roles that they play, even things like workwear, uniforms, um, and thinking about how are those menopause friendly? Because the research tells us, as well as symptoms impacting on work, our workplace environment, and there are certain workplace aspects that can really make symptoms really exacerbated. So having considerations around that. And then the biggest um, parts that kind of holds all this together is measuring the impact. So how do you know this conversation is happening? And how do you know there is that change where it feels that this is a normal conversation in your organisation? That's what we really look for organisations to really measure the impact of the work they're doing. So how do you do that? How do you measure impact? And, and that's a challenge, I think, that, that we do recognise. I think one of the big things is some of the softer measures. So what conversations are you hearing around your organisation around menopause? I remember, again, one of the organisations that's very been very much been leading and is one of the accredited, um, recognises accredited menopause for any organisations at HSBC UK. And um, they said when they knew this was changing as they were walking down the corridor and they could hear conversations happening about menopause. And it was just normal. No one batted an eyelid. It wasn't considered an unusual conversation. And that really showed that cultural change. Um, we also think there are there are more um, kind of concrete measures around when you're running sessions, how many people are engaging in those. Um, we see organisations measuring the, the hits to internet content and, and showing that the, the content they're creating is really reaching um, many, many people. Um, we also um, actually asking, you know, through things like employee surveys um, or temperature checks over a period of time, how comfortable do people feel talking about menopause at work? Would somebody feel um, they knew what their organisation did to support. And does that change over a period of time as people put strategies in place? So there are lots of different ways, but the, 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 um, the conversations happening and also the feedback. We've had some really powerful feedback from people saying that the difference this has made to their lives because they have learned about menopause from their workplace. They have then got the help and support they needed and they are now feeling um, they are able to be their best at work, but it also has that huge impact outside of work on their relationships, on their family. So this is something that we can really make a difference in people's lives. How, how, you know, how do you end up in menopause work and, and supporting others? Yeah, so um, it was really interesting, my kind of journey to this. So I, um, my, my background originally is, is HR. Um, so I worked in um, large corporates. Um, and after having children decided I wanted some more flexibility. And at that time, it was often quite difficult to get that. So um, I stepped away and actually started to work in women's health and trained, um, focusing on pre and postnatal health. That was my kind of area. And I came to menopause because um, one of my closest friends who worked in an engineering company, so very male dominated environment, um, who was incredibly vibrant, um, amazing career, um, had, had really achieved a huge amount in what was quite a challenging a workplace for, for women. And she um, just suddenly was struggling with everything. She was struggling to be able to get out of bed in the morning. She was struggling to get to work, struggling to function lovely wonderful family and she was finding she didn't want to spend any time with anyone do anything and this really really had a huge impact and she would she was diagnosed with um, severe depression and signed off work and had to take time out to the point where she actually um, admitted herself into hospital because she was in such a dark place 
And it was only somebody um, who was um, part of her care team that actually identified and asked that question around whether menopause or hormones could be playing a role because a lot of the treatment she was getting in terms of managing it through antidepressants just wasn't working. And I felt really blindsided by this. She was one of my closest friends. I worked in women's health and I had no idea of the potential impact this could have. So started researching, learning. And then as with my background in HR, actually understanding and appreciating potentially this is having a really big impact because we do a lot of work and we see a lot of work in the space around um, um, diversity inclusion and, and looking at how we um, challenge some of the, the gender um, challenges within organisations around maternity, childcare and all of those responsibilities. And I remember talking to a professor at the University of Oxford and she was saying that she worked a lot around understanding, well, what is it that, that actually causes some of the, the gender gaps within the workplace? And she said, again, she just completely missed that menopause could even be part of this. But actually, as we understand and appreciate and see challenges like we're facing um, that we talked about earlier around the amount of people that are potentially leaving at that really critical point that we don't want to be losing. And actually that realization actually, do you know what? Menopause is potentially a really hidden factor that we need to start talking about because this is happening to people. And actually we've really seen when organizations get this right, the huge difference it makes to not losing that talent and actually attracting new talent of people that see. So she's now, my friend is um, really um, happy to report, having got the right treatment and the right diagnosis, she is now back in work. She is now um, at her best, but in a different organization. And she just said, if that previous organization had understood and appreciated and given her a bit more time, they could have kept her and kept that amazing talent. Um, and that's a real loss for them. And it was a real challenging situation. So we do need to have that awareness. For some, this can be really significant, but having that time and space to be able to get the treatment that's needed um, will um, pay dividends in terms of keeping that important talent. And um, it's not just uh, women, though, when it comes to hormonal changes. I mean, we've uh, I think it's to some extent it might be worth recognising. I don't know if Henpicked helps with this at all, but men can go through some some hormonal changes as well. It's called the andropause, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So we we cover this when we're doing training because we think it's so important that we do recognise hormonal changes can happen to all of us at various points, and and our hormones play such a big role in how well we feel, and when it's when they're out of balance that they're. Um, can cause challenges. And the big difference between andropause and menopause is for the majority, and it's so an otherwise healthy male would go through andropause. It's a very kind of almost quite an unnoticeable change because it's such a slow, gentle decline and change in hormones that it's not something would bring about menopause type symptoms because menopause happens over quite a condensed period of time and it's huge fluctuations in hormones. But there are conditions or reasons why men could experience menopause type symptoms. So things like testosterone deficiency syndrome, really common um, um, symptoms are almost identical to menopause. So if any men that are listening, anyone that you know is experiencing these kind of symptoms, always so important to go and check with a GP, understand what's causing it because there are treatments available and people shouldn't be struggling and suffering through that. Also side effects from certain treatments. So as well as treatments that women may be going through for cancer, things like um, hormone therapy for prostate cancer, really common side effect of um, hot flushes, night sweats, not being able to sleep. Um, and we also need to have consideration around um, 
people, um, transgender, non-binary people, that recognition, not everyone who goes through menopause may identify as a woman. And we need to think about how we can be inclusive in the language that we're talking about menopause so that everyone can feel part of this conversation. And no matter what reason somebody's going through hormonal changes that are bringing about menopause type symptoms, what can we do to help and support them at work? And it's really important, isn't it, that actually the first port of call is a medical professional. Absolutely. Um, the, the challenges that we can sometimes have is that um, the experience people have when they're reaching out to get that medical support can be very different. But absolutely, that first line um, approach, and we'd really recommend, is talking to the GP. And there are lots of things that we can do as an individual to ensure that we're getting the best from the GP, because if we think about our GPs, they are general practitioners. They have a huge amount of pressure. We know the huge pressures the NHS is under at the moment. And so we need to recognise that some GPs may not have a huge amount of knowledge around menopause. And there is a lot of work being done to provide better education. But individuals can do a lot to reading things like the NICE guidelines, um, really great um, starting point to understand how menopause should be supported. And that real preparation for an appointment. So having a real clarity, well, these are my symptoms. This is why I think it's menopause. And these are the kind of things I'd like to explore from a treatment point of view, because there isn't one a one size fits all. There are lots of different treatments available. But the GP is absolutely that first point of call in terms of thinking about the treatment you might want to explore. Well, we've been speaking to Sally Leach of Henpicked about the menopause. And if you would like support and guidance, the RIBA does have uh, guidance available through architecture.com. Find the equality, diversity and inclusion uh, pages. Scroll down on there and you will find uh, menopause at work. Uh, we have put together a guide for staff as colleagues and a guide for uh, line managers as well, which anybody can access. And those things that Sally was was talking about there in terms of you know preparing for those conversations with the GP, uh, finding the nice guidelines, etc. It's all in there as part of the support available uh, for you. So please do check that out when you get a chance. You're listening to Reba Radio, real inclusive, brilliant action.